Hey everyone, Ali here. Welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Show, a show where we talk about the development, design, and business of digital products. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, head over to Wednesday.is and subscribe. In this episode, Mac and I talk about the software consulting business. We talk about pricing strategies, accepting change as a constant, and knowing what to look for in a good consulting company. Stay tuned to listen to the episode. Yeah, so both of us have been in the consulting business for a long time. We know a number of companies who do uh, software development and design and marketing and lots of other service providers in this area. But it seems like this is one topic that people just don't talk about publicly. It's very hush-hush. Everyone seems to have um, a different opinion on things. So I just thought that, you know, we'll take time and we'll talk about our opinions on this and we'll just talk about it publicly. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So uh, the two uh, the two uh, sort of widely used pricing strategies are fixed cost and diamond material. One where there is a price which is fixed, no scope of change. Uh, the project sort of has a timeline. The scope is fixed. Nothing can change. You deliver. You get paid. And the other one, which is diamond material, where you are sort of embracing change. Um, any kind of change is allowed. You're just sort of billing on the amount of time that you or your team are spending Hmm. on that project. So I know that, you know, we've spoken about this multiple times before. um, And I know that you're a big advocate of, you know, diamond materials. Let's do this. So I want to understand why, why are you such a big advocate of diamond material? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of be the customer and uh, ask you questions and uh, you can advocate for diamond material. So we'll do like a small role playing game. All right. So, um, you know, as a buyer, I think people find it very difficult as to not know what the price of Mm. the service it is that they're purchasing or what what is the total cost going to be of this item that I'm buying. Right. Mm. It's it's an unknown. And I feel like this unknown is just difficult to digest because you don't know what the total cost will be. It could be X. It could be X plus Y. It could be X plus Y plus Z. You don't know. And that's just very difficult to understand. It's like showing up for dinner without your wallet. (laughs) How do you convince someone that time and material is 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 the way to go? Uh, I think basically it's about uh, incentives, right? Uh, so the moment you say that this is fixed bid, uh, I have variable costs or the software company has variable costs on their side because no matter how much time I take to build this product or my team takes to build this product, I will get paid X, right? So as as a business owner, it makes most sense to do it in the shortest possible time so that I paid my employees lesser, right? Uh, So my margins are higher basically. So now that's where the problem comes in, right? By design, this entire model is built to produce shitty work. Because I'm trying to just get stuff out of the door, somehow convince you that, oh, the product is built, get a sign off, get paid and get out, right? But time and material in essence means that this is going to be a long-term engagement where uh, everything that needs to be done for this product will be done by this team no matter what it is maybe it could be 
sending a rocket to the moon maybe it could be building a react dashboard whatever it is this team is with you to make your vision come alive right so in that sense you now have a team that you can rely on that is motivated by the same things that motivate you rather than meeting some unrealistic deadline and increasing margins of the service provider which is why essentially i feel like time and material is better on the other hand in the software industry things are just moving too fast right there is constant change and it's unprecedented so the target is always moving if you have fixed bid or a fixed target it means by the time you launch you're already lagging behind it makes no sense you need a team that's going to like build with you adapt with you and adapt according to what the market is telling you by definition fixed bid won't allow you to do that anything so i mean like i know you're playing devil's advocate but i know that you don't believe in it either uh, you don't really think that fixed bid is the way to go well i just think that you know the whole idea of running a digital business which is is that you want to gain more customers and gain more market share and if you want to gain more market share and gain more customers the only way you can do that is through a continuous effort or cycle of you know reaching out to more users change understanding what the market wants building new features that your competitors aren't even thinking about and all of this basically means that the that the product needs to evolve adapt very fast which is the definition of time and material because you want a team that can actually change if your team is working in one direction saying that i need to do a b c then in essence you are not going to grow market share you are not going to be able to scale your business you know and i feel like this piece is just difficult for people mm-hmm. to understand especially for people who are sort of doing uh, or coming into the digital landscape for the first time uh, i mean if you look at another vertical like construction or you know education mm-hmm. it it doesn't yeah. change so fast you know if if, if there is a way to build a building you just go from a to z and it continues to be that, like that for a long period of time mm-hmm. um you know th- th- it it doesn't change it does change but it doesn't change as fast as you need as to fast. change in this yeah. area of work which is what people don't yeah. understand i think it's just about understanding you know uh, long term benefits so people people always think about now and you know obviously budgets are real etc cetera, etc cetera. um but they need to understand what is the long term benefit that they get out of you know huh. listening to right. what we're sort of recommending because in the long term if you need to grow and you need to change mm. and you need to adapt you need to be able to do it consistently by providing a product that always works correct you can't have a product that is you know working on day one you add a new feature and everything before it stops working correct because the time that you spend between day one where everything was working and building that feature is probably very small because that's a new feature that you learn from you know talking to your users mm. and if you didn't have tests there was no way for you to know whether all of the other things that you worked on before work mm. 
So you built it really quickly. You just tested that feature because you're on a time crunch. You let it out and now everything else broke. So there is the minute you build even one small feature that is integral to your product because now you Mm. cannot afford for things to not work. Attention Mm. spans are very, very small. They have, if people have one bad experience, they're gone. Hmm. I think that makes sense, right? And especially in the verticals that we cater to, uh, which is like fintech, healthcare, uh, it's all really mission critical. So even in these, it's so something that I keep thinking of, right, in my in my head is that before buying a KitKat. You're not Googling whether uh, all its factories are working probably and ensuring that there isn't a worker strike. Mm. You trust Nestle has got enough processes in place to get to make sure that the quality of that chocolate is guaranteed. The taste is guaranteed. And that's the same philosophy in software development as well, right? If you have enough processes in place, you are guaranteed deterministic outcomes. And then again, like nobody in the world can claim that they'll write bug-free code. But what you're doing is uh, reducing the gap. Oh, yeah. You're just reducing the risk of failure. Everything that we talk about reduces the risk of failure. And in fact, that's the first thing that I tell people, even if they come to Wednesday, Mm -hmm. like one of the questions that I get asked a lot is, you know, how do you judge if a consulting company is worth their metal? I always tell them, ask them if they have a process. Ask them how are they going to reduce your uh, risk of failure. And if they don't have an answer to that, or if they don't have it documented, written, if they don't have samples that they can show you, right, or they can't showcase their work where they they can like literally show you how they're putting these practices in place. For example, if they don't have a playbook like playbook.wednesday.is <laughs> or a really strong open source presence at github.com slash Wednesday hyphen solutions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go on, go on, please. Um, I think your next question was more about like, uh, hmm. you know. Like uh, with like two two use cases, right? Uh, you've got a technical co-founder. Yeah. Why do you need a consulting company? You yeah. don't have a technical co-founder. Like, how do you figure out what's the correct uh, consulting company for you? Because look, man, like I can go there guns blazing, sprouting technical uh, genius, but <laughs> there's nobody who's going to understand it, right? Yeah. So how do you figure out? Like as a non-technical person, what do you do? I think as a non-technical person, you talk to companies that are able to... Um, Number one, when you are telling them your vision for your business, they are, oh. able, they are able to use first, first principles of thinking. So they're able to listen to your idea, break it down and create usable products. So when you're talking to them and you're saying, you know, I want to build ABCD, you know, you should be able to do that. The person sitting across you is starting to think about it from a development perspective. He's breaking it down. He's talking to you about user flows. He's building small prototypes, etc. When you're finding that sort of person who is able to use first principles, breaking the vision down into smaller pieces, or smaller modules that are you know clickable that you can see that you can Mm. touch maybe it's a prototype maybe it's a design Mm. that's a good sign you always Mm. want to work with people who have um, proven experience proven processes 
ability to build a team, ability to nurture a culture of innovation. Um, and the way to see and the way to do it is just to talk mm. to their team, just talk to their yeah. team, you know, ask them, show them your idea and see what they have to say, see what questions they're asking you. And, mm. and if you're non-technical, that should be enough from, in my opinion, for you to understand what they're capable mm. of. Um, in the sense, if you have a technical co-founder, I think things get a little easier. Um, mm. And again, I think here the problem is that the you know you start with the idea saying I need to build a team in house, mm. and then you spend so much time building that team in house that you know your your product and speed and velocity suffer. Mm. I think you should start the other way around. You know. Mm work with others who've already done that mm. and get the time to build a team while not mm. ma while not you know uh, letting business suffer mm. and it it's always good to have your own internal team and expertise but mm. there is nothing wrong in getting external help because the truth is that you will continue to need it for a really long period of time because that's the nature of the game the nature of the game is for you to constantly change, is for you to constantly adapt, is for you to constantly be where the user is and they change very fast. Their habits and behaviors change very fast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've learned something in this episode or any one of our previous episodes, the number one thing you can do is to share it with one or two people. That's it for now. Thanks so much.